Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we have Gary Gennetti. You guys might know from Instagram, he does those iconic Prince George memes on his Instagram account, which are so, so funny. He also was a writer-producer on the original Will and Grace. He's worked on Family Guy. He's married to Brad Goreski, who was on It's a Brad Brad World on Bravo. He's a stylist to the stars. And uh, I'm super excited because Brad and Gary have a new reality show coming to HBO Max, which is the new HBO streaming service. Now, Gary was over the other day when I interviewed him, and he wasn't able to talk about the reality show at that time, but they've since announced it. So, uh, just in the interim, they have announced it. So, uh, if you want to read more about that, you can look it up online. Gary was so kind to take some time out of his busy schedule uh, and allow us to chat for just a little bit. So, I can't wait to play that interview for you guys. And his new book is called Do You Mind If I Cancel? It's so, so good. You have got to get it. It was really, really funny. Which, of course, I expected to be funny, but it was even better than I had anticipated. So I encourage everyone to get that. It's out this week. Now, I never really get to talk about books on the show, on the podcast, because we're always talking about Bravo and TV and movies and things like that. So I figured I might give some of my recommendations for book reading. (laughs) Book reading. I like to read a lot, but I just don't normally talk about it on the podcast. So. I figured I'd give a couple suggestions. Now, I did love his book, and that's not even a lie. Like, I'm not not just saying that because he's on the show. I swear I really liked it. So, I encourage you to get that. Also, if you like celebrity memoirs, which I really do, I just read Judy Greer's memoir, which uh, is fantastic. It came out a couple years ago. It's called I Don't Know What You Know Me From. And Judy Greer is, of course, an iconic uh, supporting cast member in so many movies. She's been in so many rom-coms. She was in 13 Going on 30. Uh, you, you know her if you see her. And she was in the most recent Halloween reboot. She played Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, and she's doing the next two right now. And I've always just like loved her uh, acting-wise. So I picked up her book, and I thought it was so, so great. If you're into like celebrity, she's also a Midwest gal, which I appreciated because I'm from Ohio. And uh, so I loved it. Uh, speaking of celebrity memoirs, I also just downloaded the Demi Moore book, which I'm going on vacation soon, and I'm I got it all queued up for my vacation. So I haven't read it yet, but I've heard good things. Uh, also, there's a book called Best Movie Year Ever, and if you like pop culture, I would encourage you to read this. It's all about the year 1999. So many people in the sort of pop culture stratosphere consider 1999 to be one of the best years of movies ever. I mean, it was The Sixth Sense, Election, Office Space, Fight Club, The Matrix, Boys Don't Cry. So, so many movies. And this book breaks down those movies chapter by chapter. So each chapter is like about a different movie. And it's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. I found it so interesting. I love like movie trivia and things like that. So it's an easy read that you can pick up and put down because each chapter is so different. Uh, but it really puts into context that year and how amazing that was for film people and, and how creative. And what I found so interesting about it was like looking at that scape of or, or that 
uh, landscape of films compared to what we have now. And it was so interesting because in 1999, there was all of these original properties that soared. I mean, you look at something like the original Matrix, of course it had sequels. But now in 2019, 10 years later, it seems like everything's like a sequel reboot based on some other IP. So it's so interesting to see all of these movies that were so hugely successful, and many of them did turn into franchises. Uh, but in 1999, it was just a great year to get those stuff, those things made. And the filmmakers around that time were just so wonderfully creative and clever. So I, I really enjoyed that book. Uh, if you're into movie trivia and that kind of thing, it's an easy read. Uh, there's also a book called What If It's Us? What If It's Us? Which is just a gay rom-com. If you're into rom-coms, which you know I love a rom-com, this is a gay rom-com. And it's just so adorable. It's very well written. Um, I encourage you all to check it out. Also, there's a book called We Should All Be Mirandas, if you like Sex in the City. I don't know if you guys follow the Instagram account, Every Outfit on Sex in the City, or I think it's Every Outfit on SATC, I believe. But the two women that run that account, they created this book, and it just came out. And I, uh, I'm i super excited. I haven't read it fully yet. I just got it. But uh, so far, I'm loving it. If you are into Sex in the City, or if you have a friend that's into Sex in the City, it's a great gift. And uh, we should all support them because they're two wonderfully, um, wonderfully brilliant and creative women. And uh, the book all came about because of their Instagram account, which I, I just appreciate. So check those out. Uh, I'm also reading the new Ronan Farrow book, which I'm just barely into. Uh, it's very heavy, but I hear good things and I'm excited to get going. So, you know, I just want to talk about books for a minute. I know I'm no Oprah or Reese Witherspoon, but... <laughs> but we have to dive in a bit. We have an author on the show. Oh, I should also mention, by the way, that there's a book coming out December 3rd that you all need to pick up. It's called Fancy AF Cocktails, and it's by me and Ariana and Tom from Vanderpump Rules. You guys, I co-wrote this cocktail book with them, and there's so many wonderful recipes, so many great pictures, those cute little behind-the-scenes stories and anecdotes. And I promise, like, the book is really great. And it's $17.99 or 17 bucks on Amazon. So pre-order it. Get it for a friend for the holidays. Get it for yourself for the holidays. Uh, it is. It turned out so, so great. So you know on Vanderpump Rules, they've been talking about this cocktail book forever. Well, we've, I helped them do it. I helped it happen. And it just turned out so great. And the recipes are phenomenal. I'm so, I'm dying for people to see it. Like, I'm just, I'm really dying for people to see it. I think it turned out so, so good. And I think people are going to be surprised at how great it is. Um, but of course, maybe I'm hyping it up too much. Am I, I probably am hyping it up too much. So lower your expectations and then hopefully you'll really enjoy it. But 17 bucks. I mean, come on. It's the cost of a movie ticket these days. So, you know, skip a movie and support your local authors, which is me. And, and Ariana and Tom from Vanderpump Rules, and pick up that book. Get it as a stocking stuffer, as a white elephant gift, whatever you're going to do. I'm probably going to be talking about it on the podcast quite a bit uh, leading up to the release, but I apologize in advance. Got to sell the books. Got to sell them. Anyway, it's great. So without further ado, actually, I do have a little further ado. I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Click become a patron. If you donate $4 or more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing just one a month, but more importantly, the money supports this podcast. So thank you. This month, there's a recap of the very first episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, which you can watch on Hulu if you want to rewatch it. But I do a recap of that first episode, and it is wild. 
is wild. We have Deshaun, Snow, Lisa Wu, Nini, Kim, Kim's old wigs. I mean, it's Sheree, it's wild. It's wild. So there's a recap up there now of that for this month. That's the bonus episode. So with that, I will, uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and chat with Gary Gennetti. We're going to talk about his book. We're going to talk about gay icons, all of it. So stay tuned. I love you all for listening. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Gary, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Nice to be here, Danny. I'm so excited that you're here. I loved your book so much. It's called Do You Mind If I Cancel? And I thought it was so fucking funny. Every chapter, and I know this, like, it's said a lot with funny books that, like, you read and laugh out loud, but I was really reading and laughing out loud. I thought oh, it was, like, really funny. Um, so talk to me about writing the book and the process a little bit. Well, it's, it's the first book that I've written, and it's, you know, autobiographical, um, humorous essays from kind of like, you know, my childhood goes into my young adulthood. And it's just... I guess, really personal stories, things that I kind of, that have stayed with me. You know how sometimes things stay with you, don't know why they're with you? Well, Danny, as you get older, they still stay there, you know? And then you can kind of thread it back, maybe, and make a bit of sense of it for yourself. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the process was, you know, off of my Instagram uh, that I have with Prince George that's that's become uh, popular. That truly I, iconic. I, yes, he, yes, Prince George is truly iconic. Yeah. Uh, I was reached out by James Milia at Flatiron Books. Would I be interested in kind of writing a book? And I had, it's been something that I've wanted to do. I've written for TV for um, over 20 years now, most of it on Will and Grace and Family the greatest, Guy. One of, the greatest, one of my favorite shows of all time, Will and Grace. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and Family Guy, I've, I spent even more time at. And um, I did a show in London called Vicious with Ian McKellen and Derek Jacobi that was on PBS here. But so writing a book has always been something that I wanted to do. But I kind of like, like most people, I'm like, how do you write a book? Right, you know, so even though start? I've been you know, a writer for over 20 years, it still felt like, how do, how do you do it? But when this opportunity came, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I, I'm like, I could totally do it. I'll figure it out when I, you know, when I start. Just say yes. And then it kind of became, I, I, you know, what it, you know, I, not maybe necessarily what I even intended when I first wrote, more, a bit more personal um, than I had anticipated, a bit more, you know, vulnerable, because I'm used to making myself you know, like kind of I'm writing behind a character or something. It's never me, you know, that somebody could not like, you know, you know, you're putting yourself out there in a very different way. But I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it, you know, and do it the way that I feel like. Are you you nervous now? Yeah, I'm totally nervous. Yeah, the book comes out on Tuesday uh, on on October 22nd. So only, you know, um, not that many people have read it. Uh, thus far. They're going to love it. I mean, it's so point. good. And one of the things I really appreciate about it, as you mentioned, it, it does jump around a little bit. And sometimes I love a celebrity memoir, but sometimes I feel like, oh, I got to slog through. Am like, I a celebrity? A celebrity no, yes, memoir? Are. I love like, yeah, so do I. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't, I would never think of it that way. <laughs> and it's so funny. But it's like, sometimes you, I think like, oh, I have to slog through their elementary year. And it's like, you know exactly kind of the order it's going to go in. And so I did appreciate that it kind of jumped around a little bit. It also reminded me so much of, I lived in Chicago, and I was closeted at the time years ago. And I remember going to the uh, borders, which doesn't exist anymore, but I would go to the borders and I would read gay books by gay authors. And kind of, I wish this book was around when I was that age, because it was like, it tells you that you're going to be fine. You know, you tell all these stories about crushes you've had and, and things like that. And I just appreciated that. Were you, was there anything that you took out of the book you thought was maybe too made you too vulnerable no there wasn't actually some of it i thought i was like you know because you had i have this expectation that it needs to be funny you know everything needs to be funny so i kind of had to allow myself that it's okay if there were moments that were not funny in it like to to kind of release myself from that that the that sense of obligation that I that I feel that you know that there's an expectation that everything's gonna be funny. But otherwise no, there wasn't anything. But but I, I, I like you, you know, Danny, when I went when I was in uh my twenties, I would also go to the gay bookstores. Here there was a different light and in New York City a different light bookstore. And they were really I mean they don't exist anymore, obviously for a variety of reasons, but mostly because you just get it online. There was a famous Will and Grace episode too. Oh the, yeah, with the, the, the gay bookstores. bookstore. Yeah. I know. I love that episode yeah. actually because it was very personal to me, you know, and it was for gay people, I think it's it's a common thing that we kind of thought we we you know, when you're ready, you seek out people that it's not like you're taught anything about what it is to be gay or history, anything. We don't have it. We have to seek it out ourselves. Sometimes we have 
a, a mentor or somebody else in, in our circle of friends or kind of guide us. But oftentimes it's just kind of stumbling in the dark, you know, and you find these people like for me, it was Armistead Maupin and Paul Manette and these and David Sedaris and these writers, you know, that were writing and that in a way that, you know, spoke to me and it made you feel part of a community. Right. It's sort of the first entry point to the yeah. gay community. I thought it, it was so important to me to read uh, different books at that age and making me feel comfortable coming out of the closet. And I just thought this would be a perfect situation because you do touch it's not, I'm not saying it's like a, a book only for gay people, obviously. It's just sort of touched upon in the book, but I just couldn't help but think if I was just a young closeted boy in, in the Midwest, how important this would have been for me. Oh, um, good. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. I hope there is somebody, you know, that would read it and would feel maybe less alone right. than I did. I also love the chapter about aging in the gay community because I feel like that's not something that's talked about a lot. We talk a lot about women aging. I mean, gay men talk about women aging, right? Like, mm-hmm. I do at least. Um, but I feel like it's not discussed. Like, gay men aging is not discussed. Yeah, or if it is, it's usually like bitchy. There is a kind of um, lustfulness for the younger flesh, you know, all of those kind of tropes, I think. But just the the reality of it, you know, like, cause you know, I'm in it. It's kind of like, Oh, <laughs> this is this happening. Is it's like, Oh, it's this. And there are things that are kind of neat about it. But at the same time, it's definitely something that, like you said, we don't talk about it. So it kind of feels like I'm was not prepared for this. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Like you can push it off only so long where you, you know, with good lighting, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, uh, but at a certain point you have to say like, oh yeah, I'm not the age of these people anymore. And that's okay. And that's okay. Because I had my turn. You know, I had a really good turn. It's somebody else's turn for this kind of thing to be in this part of their life, you know? Um, but yeah. And that chapter about aging, I, I believe it's in Mykonos where you have yeah, this, yeah. right? And that's where you met your husband, Brad. It is. It's where I met Brad. Uh, yeah. How did you guys meet there? What was the... We met... Um, like now it's 18 and a half years ago. And Bravo people know Brad, of course, from Bra- it's Brad, Brad world, yeah, it's Brad, Brad world and, yeah. and, e and, and, and red know. carpet and stuff. Um, but yeah, Brad and I met, he, I was at a restaurant with a friend and he was with another friend walking by in like a sea of thousands literally, cause it was summer, thousands of people kind of going by these tiny windy streets. And he caught my eye and I was like, Oh, I want to meet him. And it just so happened that the person he was working with, my friend, had spoken to earlier that day on the beach, and they came by our table, and Brad and I started talking, and that's it. And that's we spend yeah. we have been together since that moment. Oh, that's great. Uh, now, a lot of people know your, about your relationship with Lisa Renna. Yeah, I'm legend Rena. What what's Rena like? Are you guys friends in real life? We actually, like Lisa a- and I are friends, but we've become friends. You know, we knew each other socially because of Brad. Well, even before Lisa was on Housewives on Bravo, uh, Brad knew Lisa socially, and I had met her a few times and, and always liked her. And um, but it wasn't until she started commenting on my Instagram, Gary, Gary, that it kind of our our relationship started. We started having this relationship on Instagram, and we never even discussed it kind of in person. You know, we kind of just let it be what it was going to be. I was like, this is so. Weird. It wasn't until I did an interview with the New York Times when right around the time of the royal wedding when um the it had it would really kind of taken off and I and they asked me about Lisa Rinna and I was like, This I guess is something. So I contacted Lisa. I was like, This is too funny. Now it's kind of like this thing and, and we um 
And that, fans, you know. we expect it now. Like, anytime there's a post, it's like, we expect her to comment. Gary. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. and she's, but it's never been anything that we've discussed or had any, it's totally just playful and organic and that she kind of started and that, yeah, it's, I think that's why also people respond to it. I think they could see that it's just kind of this weird, genuine Right. kind of thing. Do you watch The Housewives? I do, yes. Okay, so what do you like? What What's your favorite franchise? My favorite franchise, I love Beverly Hills, and I also love New York. So New York's I, my favorite. I guess those yeah. are my two favorites. But now that Bethany is going to be leaving New York, I don't know if it will still be my favorite. Right. What did you think about Beverly Hills' this last season? A lot of people weren't happy with the last season with all the dog stuff. Yeah, I li- I mean, I thought the season was good. Amazing. I always, yeah. yeah. I thought it, I liked last season. Did you hear any stuff from Rena about like what's going on behind the scenes? Like, are you privy to any of that stuff? No, I know they're filming now and I know they have new, I think they have two new women they're filming with or something right. like that. But no, like we don't like, you know, yeah. it's just kind Chat of like, it. it's going to be a fun season yeah. or, you know, I think also probably for them when they're in it, you know, you kind of don't quite know what it's going to, how the whole story is going to end and then how it will look, you know, and what will be on TV. Kind uh, of thing. You and Brad did Brad Brad World, of course, which we saw you on too. Would yeah. you guys ever do reality TV again? You know, um, but it's like that found me, you know, it was, it, let's just say it's not something I would seek. I, mm-hmm. I'm looking right. to, you not know, that you need seek to out, or anything, but yeah, you know, but you ne- never say never. Right. Uh, now, a lot of people might know you from Will and Grace. You were an e- uh, EP on the original Will and Grace. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the reboot? I haven't seen it. Actually. You haven't watched any no, of it? No, I haven't. Oh my God. How come? Wait, why? I no just real not- reason. I just don't, um, you know, it, it holds such a special place for me about that time in my life and that period of everything. And it was, it, I, you know, I love it so much. And those actors that for me, I just like leaving it there. You know, I'd, I'd look at it with, I would have to look at it with different eyes, you know, yeah. having been a part of it. So I, that experience was so special. I just, I prefer to leave it as it was. I'm so curious what people who were involved in the original, aside from the, the main cast, uh, what they thought about because the ending was basically reshuffled a little bit, or I don't know what. The yeah, right, I know. Right term they, is. I know they. Yeah, they kind of. Uh, which I think they the sort ending. of had to do to to bring it back. Right, right. But um, I just would be curious what you think about that. Pro- like, would that upset you a little bit? Because it is sort of your baby. I'm not. It's you know, it's not my baby in as much as you know, um, it was created you know, um, by Max and Dave. But um, I you know, I'm not a fan of rewriting history personally. But I also understand they wanted to bring the show back, and there was no other way to do it if they were going to bring the show back. Do you have a favorite episode? Do I have a favorite episode? There was an episode, uh, it was in, I think it might have been the last season, it was kind of a Sound of Music spoof that I, I liked very much. I thought it was it was fun, and they went to a Sound of Music sing-along. And I also love the episode where Will's father dies, and there is a wake for Will's dad. And I thought Eric and Blythe Danner were really beautiful in that episode, and it was kind of... Um, I, thought I loved was, Blythe in that yeah, show. Yeah, I loved yeah. her too. And I think it's it was nice. I, I always liked when the show went to kind of more serious places too, you right. know, because those actors are so extraordinary. They can, you know, can play anything. And I liked when there was moments of pathos and, and real kind of, you know, human feeling and emotion in it <laughs> to, um, yeah, to see them play it and to actually really feel something, you know, you, you realize then you, in those moments, how connected you are to those characters. It was such an important show to me. I, it was around that time where I talk about being in Chicago and going to bookstores. I remember getting, my friend gave me the DVDs of Will and Grace and I became obsessed with it. I wondered, was there a show growing up that really inspired you in terms of like, 
I'd hate to say gayness, but you know no, what I'm no, saying. No, no, I understand. Um, yeah, you know, it's also things sometimes you don't recognize when you're young at the time. It's, you know, we call it a sensibility, you know, something that obviously gay people are kind of behind the scenes. You like know. a Golden Girls or... <laughs> yeah, right. even pre-Golden Girls, because for, for me, Golden Girls also, I mean, I wasn't a kid when that was on, but there was a show called Soap. Uh, that Susan Harris, who also created the Golden Girls, created that I was obsessed with. It was a comic uh, multicam soap opera that's kind of brilliant. And that's where Billy Crystal started. And the whole cast, Catherine Hellman's, was genius on it. And then as a really young kid, Bewitched, you know, in reruns. And that had a real camp sensibility. And I was gravitated a lot towards those things before I could articulate exactly what I was gravitating so why do you think gay people are drawn to these usually female-led things in pop culture? I also, I don't think it's just female. I think it depends on right. the female. And I think, you know, women, on, on one basic level, women are also outsiders. You're having to find, you're having to play within the mainstream and kind of have to. They also, you know tend to be a more compassionate and accepting figure. It feel, I think it also feels like a safer place. And if you put on top of that, anybody like Samantha Stevens on Bewitched, who's crazily fabulous, who has superpowers and has all these camp relatives, well, obviously you know that she is like, uh, and gorgeous, you know, and funny and all those things, you're, you gravitate towards her. Or if you take somebody like, you know, Judy Garland, which if you haven't seen that movie, I haven't seen Renee it yet. Zellweger, I'm dying to see it. she's really brilliant. I mean, she's brilliant. Um, if she doesn't get the Oscar, it's also, it, there's a scene in it between her and a gay fan, and it's the best scene in the movie. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's not exactly a moment that happened, but it's this sense of her connection to the gay community. And even as little kids, we were responding to her as Dorothy when she's singing Over the Rainbow. It's not only, it's not just the lyrics of the song, but it's the broken way that she sings it. If you had, if there had been another child in that part, you wouldn't have, I don't think it would it would ever have resonated with the community. You can see there would there was a there was a sadness to her, you know, and it and it really and she didn't fit in. So it it's still today, and it, you know the movie's from nineteen nineteen thirty nine, I think. It's kind of extraordinary. So I think we gravitate to those women, you know, and share. You know, when I was a kid, and she's she's also in the book. The idea of share was you just I just knew she was other. She wasn't like anything else I had seen, and therefore it felt safe. Yeah, I belong with the others, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that I knew, and I supported them. Right, <laughs> you right. know, they were talking to me. And m- most often, uh, those are women. Right. Uh, you mentioned Cher I Love in the book, when you say there was a, a little off period there, but then we got yeah, back yeah. on board. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite Cher song? Do I have a sh- Yeah, do I have a favorite Cher song? Yeah, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Oh, classic. Uh, I just bought a share CD, which is like, I have a CD player in my car. And so sometimes I'll grab a CD at Target, which I think I'm the only one buying them. Um, but they had a best of, and it's just like 10 great share yeah. songs. It's fantastic. I know. Yeah. She was special. You know, yeah. we, we, we take a lot. It's not that we take it for granted, I think, if you're younger. It's just like the world keeps spinning. But when I was 
very young, growing up in the 70s, there was so little that you could connect to that everything that you did took on this extraordinary importance to you. And they became very, you know, there wasn't anybody else. You know, it was once a week, there was Cher. And I looked forward to seeing her the way I did Carol Burnett, you know, and um, in a very real way. And such a different time in TV, too. Like, I look back on those costumes, which that, I know it's been talked about, but it's like, it would never be done today. They don't have the budget to do a variety show. Yeah, with, like, with, with those the, kind I know of Bob Mackie making new costumes every week, who was a genius, yeah. and how generous of Carol Burnett. You know, we took it for granted as a kid. I knew who Bob Mackie was. And, you know, she's giving him his, you know, this woman who was groundbreaking on TV in the Carol Burnett show, leading her own variety show, ratings hit, nobody else. You know, as a kid, you just accept whatever's given, right? And she's lifting up this gay man who's a who's a costume designer for her into, like, the stratosphere because she recognizes his talent, and obviously everybody else did, you know, when you see it, and, and celebrating it, too, in a way that's, yeah, it certainly was super special to me. Right. Gary, I have so many questions. So I reached out to, we have a Patreon page and then there's a Facebook fan page and I reached out and I... Did uh, people have questions? People had so many. That's Did they? Like literally so many questions. Oh, so I want to okay. get, I want to try to get to as many okay, as I can. Okay, sure, shoot. Uh, Teresa says she loves your Instagram account. She wants to know who's your favorite royal minus the queen. Oh, Prince George. Prince George, of course. Yeah, Allie, well, how did that all start? Uh, quickly, it was, you know, two years ago, there were pictures of his first day of school and with his father, and he was really expressive. And I had just started on Instagram a few months before that, and I was just playing around with memes. And I thought, oh, I'm going to write a caption for him. He's super expressive, and I have an idea for how I would, you know, how he'll talk. And then I didn't do another one for another couple of months. And then I did. And people, you know, started responding and enjoy. And it's kind of evolved from there. It's snowballed. Do you anticipate it? I mean, no, gosh, no. Yeah, not at all. Uh, Aubrey Withheld says she loves you so, so much. Can't wait to get the book. Please ask about the blackout cake. I don't know what the blackout cake is. Oh, the blackout cake. Is this Aubrey? Thank you. Yes, this is Aubrey. I love it. When Brad was doing his reality show, um, it's Brad Brad World on Bravo. I guess this is about seven years ago or so. We went to my family's house in Queens where, strangely, we had been together for 10 years, but his family had never met my family because he's from Canada. I, we live in LA. I'm from New York. So that yeah. played a part in it. So we all met. It was a Mother's Day um, on camera, and my mother said she didn't had never heard of a blackout cake. I got a blackout cake, and she had never heard of it, which is a very New York thing, if right. you know. It's all like chocolate and fudge and stuff. So it was a big. I don't even know thing. what a blackout. Oh yeah, it's very black- East Coast. Okay. It's, it's it's chocolate cake with with um, chocolate icing and like a fudgy kind of chocolate between the layers. So it's okay. all chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. So hence the blackout cake, and. Um, yeah, my we used to have it all the time as a kid. It was like my favorite thing. And in this episode, my mother says she does not know, and I flip out. I just know <laughs> what a blackout kick is. So yes, but then my mother came around after. Oh, that's what it is. But yes, on she she was conveniently uh, had amnesia when we were filming because Brad had never heard of it like you. Uh, speaking of a Brad Brad world, a lot of people wanted me to ask about the infamous flash mob, which I just rewatched as I was preparing for this. Uh, how? How did you feel getting all that together? How did Brad loved it? Yeah, it was super. Uh, you know, it was. Was it like, hard to? It work? was. Danny it was the most stressful thing I have ever done in my life. Yeah, and there are moments where I'm been under great stress since, and I think this still isn't as bad as the flash mob. Are you happy you did it? Yeah, super happy because you know it went off great, and we filmed it live, and everybody we were all mic'd. Like I was mic'd. 
for the show, and then I was mic'd for the flash mob on top of it. You know, so it was all these other behind the scenes things that could have gone wrong with just technical problems, much less, you know, anybody kind of something happening right. because it would have been whatever it was. It wasn't edited, yeah. you know, into anything. But it, it was, was so really good. fun. It was a, it was a real. It was like the highlight of that whole experience of doing that. You know, reality show. It was nice that the the highlight of the year was something celebratory as opposed to something that was maybe Some unpleasant. Huge fight or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Uh, Amanda Long said, uh, "What's the last thing you canceled?" So your book is called "Do You Mind If I Cancel?" What's the last? Have you canceled? Have you and Brad canceled on plans you had? Yeah, you know, I cancel less now because I make less plans. Mm. I notice so that as I get older, I, too, I tend I to I just no. do things that I really want to do, and I wrap my brain around this is happening, and I will not overschedule. Like maybe the max is two things a week, and then I will my whole brain will be about that thing coming up. And if the other person does cancel, <laughs> I am ecstatic, you know. But I I I try I try <laughs> like, not to. Cancel. But I yes, I, but I, I still I still kind of do, but less so. I feel as I get older, plans get harder and harder for me to go through with. And I, I don't know. It's I, ha- I have anxiety pretty bad. And it's like, I don't know I if know. it's just like uh, if the anxiety is getting worse or if I don't know what it is. Yeah, but it's like, I, it's oh, like, I have to do that. I know. I like staying home with watching TV. We have three dogs. It's also what like are you when guys you, watching. Oh, what are we watching? Okay. Well, we're we just finished. Uh, what is. Uh, Fleabag. We just finished Fleabag. Oh, so good. Did you Adored like it? Fleabag. Yeah. We just finished Years and Years on HBO. I oh, I tried watching it. It was too dark for oh, me. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Love, and of course, Succession. Obsessed with so uh, Succession is my favorite show. Like, bar none. Adore Succession. And what did you think of that finale? Loved it. So good. Genius. Yeah. Sets, sets up the next season. I just think it's the best show Yeah, on TV by a lot. Did it take you a while to get into no, it? No. Oh, see, it took me like First a while. episode I was in. But it just gets, but it does get better yeah, and better. Yeah. It gets stronger and stronger, better and better. And dying for, looking forward to Mrs. Maisel and my friend Alex Borstein is uh, in that. She's, uh, well, she's won the Emmy now twice for it. And she's from Family Guy. She's the voice so, of Lois. So great. And she's brilliant on it. And the show and Rachel Brosnahan is brilliant. And, I, and um, we love that show and we love The Crown obviously. Uh, so, and those are both coming back. So yeah. Does Brad watch different stuff than you or do you guys watch? We tend to watch most things the same, but occasionally there are a bunch of British crime shows. I might watch like Luther that he doesn't watch. And then he'll do the Kardashians, which I don't watch. And, and I've fallen out of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, um, but maybe I'll dip back again. But you know, they go, things go on for so many seasons now. It's like, I'm taking a break for yeah, a few you need years. A little I'll breather. jump in. Yeah, yeah again. Uh, it sounds like my boyfriend and I, I, he watches all the true crime stuff, and I like all the reality trash. Um, we do all the housewives together, though. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Maddie Line says, she loves you so much. Which of your royal Instagram posts are you the most proud of? Hers oh. is, her, her favorite is, how was, the first, how was your first day of school? Uh, did you teach that I'm going to be the king and you're just a dumb potato? <laughs> um, I my favorite is actually not that long ago. It was the opening credits to Succession done with the old footage of the royal family. That that's my favorite one. So good, yeah. so so good. Emily McNulty said, "How is uh, we asked how you how you guys met? Are there any celebrities you can't stand? That's sort of it. Oh, and, you know, like like not enough to talk about on this. <laughs> you know, not really." What I mean, we talked about sort of these gay icons, these women like Cher. Are there any of the uh, talent that's around now that the younger generation of gays sort of worship, like the Ariana Grandes and Britney? And what do you make of some of the, the talent that is kind of in the pop 
I think, you know, there's all now what's so nice too is there's such a huge variety of how people can speak to such almost a specific niche, you know, within the community because there are, are enough people out there. But on the basic level of Lady Gaga, I mean, I think she's just, I think she's, I just think she's very special. I think she reminds me of something. Well, I, I love her now, but if I, as a kid, I, I know I would have gravitated towards her extraordinarily, you know. Right. Right. Marilyn in Indianapolis says, uh, how deep did your interest in the British royal family run before you started the Instagram? Post? Zero, nothing? not nothing. nothing I don't all. have much. I don't have any interest in the British royal family, really. It's all just, it's you know, just, being silly. Yeah. 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 Chris Obar says, if Will, Grace, Jack and Carrot had housewives taglines, do you have any idea of what they could be? No. <laughs> have you heard any of that this i'm sure you probably don't know but there's these rumors that on set right now for the reboot there's like tension amongst the four of them oh yeah i have i've had heard rumors too but i've heard probably what you've heard like yeah. i don't i haven't spoken to anybody i'm sure it, it whatever it is i'm sure is resolved by now yeah i saw something it was like people unfollowed or you know it's like now it's so weird that people can i know look to see I, yeah. who followed who and, all uh, of that. and look for signs of things on social media do you have a favorite joke or scene that you wrote for will and grace not that I could think of right in the moment. Will you like if it's on TV or something? Will you stop and watch it? Not really. No, I tend not to watch things that I've worked on. Yeah. It's just, but I, but I have. I, I, I pause because enough time has gone by. So there have been times where I have, right. um, you know, old episodes. But it's not, not as a rule. And what about Family Guy? So there, it's always been talked about that there might be a movie at some point. Do you know anything about? Will yeah, there be a- I mean, as far as I know, there are no talk. There's no nobody's talking now. Like right. there, are, there's nothing currently, you know, going on with it. I have a little lightning round of questions that I ask everyone. Okay. Um, these are, uh, some of them are tailored to, towards you. If you were choosing for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? You can't choose Brad, though. Okay. I wasn't going to. Right. I would choose Richard Madden. Oh, he's so cute. Did you watch Bodyguard? Yes. It was so good. So good. So good. Favorite Mariah Carey song? Oh, um, what's the Christmas song? All I Want for Christmas yeah, is yeah. You. What's your all-time favorite book? David Copperfield. Uh, Patty Lapone thoughts. Patty Lapone, well, yes, she's a whole chapter in my book. Right. So you have to read, but you have to get my book. Get Do you mind if I cancel? The second chapter <laughs> is titled Patty Lapone. Therein contain all of my thoughts. I just love all the pop culture references in the book, Gary. Like it made me so happy reading every last one. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there are a lot. You know, but that's, that's how my, you know, that's kind of that's that's me. You know, I I love pop culture, and right. it it has informed my life. You know, which I think it does most of us. Yeah. Or may, well, Maybe people. not as much yeah. as other people, but yeah, I know what you're saying. A favorite Madonna song? Oh, definitely. It's it's definitely um, like a prayer. There's a great uh, Vita bit in the book. Yes, too. there is. Yeah, <laughs> same in the same chapter. Uh, All time favorite musical. All time favorite musical. Ooh, that's a that's a tough one, but I'm gonna have to say a chorus line. Mm, interesting. Who's Brad's nicest client that he dresses? Is there They're some? all. I. I, I couldn't great. say. They're all. I actually love all of them. That he address. He's. You know. I think also people who like him and who he likes. I, at a certain point, you kind of attract the people that you like being around with. And um, yeah, they're all super lovely. It's Halloween season. Do you have a favorite Halloween movie? Either like a scary. Yeah, movie yeah. Or- Halloween. Yeah. 
Halloween. The I love Halloween. The original Halloween is my favorite Halloween movie. Did, I mean, I love it. Did yeah. you watch the new one? Yeah, with Jamie? I did. What did you think of that? I, I didn't think it compared to the first one, but I thought it was the closest one to it. I thought it kind of went on too long, you know, but I love I liked it, and I will see the next one. Halloween, and then the runner-up is Rosemary's Baby. Mm, classic. Uh, now, you also worked on Bet. I was looking yeah, at Yeah, I did. <laughs> now, I remember watching that, and I love that. I do. Oh, my I swear gosh. To God. That was such a long time ago. It was like ago. very few. I mean, it was just a few episodes, but was, I remember. Yeah, about, about 15 episodes or so. Yeah, I, I remember loving it. And what was Bet Midler like? And I was on two episodes with Bet as a flight attendant, um, and I got to act with Bet. Uh, which was so How fabulous. fucking rude, though, that we didn't have 15 seasons of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it was just like, it, was, it wasn't It was quite the right thing at the right time. It was In some ways, it was actually a bit ahead of its time, and it wasn't fully formed of what it could have been, because she was playing a version of herself, and people weren't really doing that over 20 years ago, you know, and it was also it was a CBS sitcom at 8 o'clock, so it wasn't yeah. like it was on streaming or cable or anything like that. But I had, you know, the one memory, and I knew, that it would stay with me. I was like, remember this. We There was a table read and Dolly Parton was guesting <sighs> in an episode and I adored Dolly Parton. I mean, who doesn't? And she and Bette were sitting up where you are now would be Dolly Parton and next to her is would be Bette. And they were riffing on singing because they were going, they sang in the episode Islands in the Stream and they sang it together. And it was so also, you know, this was not that anybody would have done it at a table read, but there were no cell phones and you couldn't record anything and it didn't, wouldn't go online where now it would have gone viral right. and a millions of people would have seen it and it would have been talked about on talk shows. It would I mean, have been how, on their Instagram. That's how special right. it was. But there's something nice about it just living in something that can just live in a memory, you know, and, and your brain wasn't even thinking, can I record this or should somebody? It was just like, oh, this is so cool. You know, how did, I'm from Queens. How am I sitting across from Dolly Parton and Bette Midler who are both singing and they sounded extraordinary and um i that that is the memory from that show wow what do you make of celebrity instagram now because it is sort of like uh, jennifer aniston just this re- recent week she joined instagram and it, there is this weird thing where it's like the everything they're doing is now becoming little bites of content yeah and you don't get moments like that i know it is you know i think it's just like everything, I think there's stuff that's great in it, and then there's stuff that's not so great in it. Like even for me, you know, my my Instagram is is not it's not anything to do with me. You know, lately, it, you know, in my stories, I'll, I'll talk about the book, and you know, but on my page, it's you know f- what I'm doing. I see as a TV show. You know, I'm doing this this show mm. revolving around George and the Royals and this little you know Machiavellian monster, but uh so there's no expectation that I have to share anything personal or, you know. Has there been any talk about like turning that idea of like a Machiavellian little prince into like a a cartoon or something like that? I feel like that'd be a great idea. Yeah. Right now I'm just kind of enjoying, you know, what it is, you know, letting living in, in that way. But yeah, there is that sense now with celebrity and what they do on their pages. And, you know, now they have to apologize for things that are just said on Instagram with ty- typos. People are scrutinizing comp- uh, comments and the way that people respond on threads. You know, it's like, so it becomes, you know, this other thing. But I think it, it gives celebrities a way to interact with their audience in a way that you wouldn't get normally. That, that actually can be probably kind of fabulous too, you know? Yeah. 
Right. Gary, this was so fun for me. Now, do you mind if I cancel? I thought it was like a, a perfect read. It's so funny. What would you say to people um, who might be interested in buying it? Is there anything else you want to say about it or why people should get it? Yeah, I just fucking I loved it. People nice. should get it because it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope, you know, I just hope it, when I was a kid, books kind of saved me. You know, I was a lonely kid and I read a lot. And I, and in books, I kind of felt less alone. So I hope maybe if there were one person that kind of read it and connected with it, how whether they were gay, straight, a man or a woman, whatever, but, and it made them feel like, oh, I kind of recognize myself in here too. And, and I feel a little bit less alone than that. If, if anybody, you know, that connected with it in that way, or was looking to connect in that way, like, um, I hope it would be for that. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people like that. I connected it, with it in that way. And I started reading Ronan Farrow's new book after, right afterwards. And I was like, I think I might have to reread your book because it's very heavy. It's wonderful, but it's heavy. But I'm like, I came from this wonderfully light, hilarious <laughs> yeah, a whole book. different world. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, entering this new world. Wow. Uh, anyway, I just loved it so, so much. It's called, Do You Mind If I Cancel? It's out tomorrow, Tuesday, Yeah, October and then I'm going 22nd. on a book tour. I'll be, yeah, in, in New York. Uh, it'll be on my Instagram, but I'll be in New York. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm kind of going off after that. And your Instagram account is at Gary Gennetti. And people can find all the dates there. Yes. Right? Thank you, Gary, so much Thanks, for stopping by. This was such a delight for me. Thank you. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Raise your hand. 